Welcome to Warren Radio with your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Greetings and welcome to Warren Radio Battle Lines. I am Tower and we are glad you joined us on Radio Warren Radio Battle Lines broadcast. We feature an in-depth biblical study each week and all correspondence and inquiries of broadcasts of the WIBR Warren Radio Network can be sent to us through our contact page on warren-usa.com. Today is Wednesday. No, I'm sorry, it's Thursday. The second day of April 2020. And the reading in the word, the scripture reading in the word this week is Leviticus chapter 6, starting at verse 8 through chapter 8, verse 36. Jeremiah chapter 7, verses 21 through chapter 8, verse 3. And um, Jeremiah chapter 9, verses 22 through 23. And the New Testament portion is Hebrews chapter 8, verses 1 through 6. Be sure to follow the Warren Radio on Facebook and Twitter at hashtag WatchmanIS216. Also, hashtag Warren Radio on LinkedIn. You can find us by hashtag Watchman. You can join us on USA.life or MeWe. Look for hashtag Warren Radio. You can also listen to Warren Radio on these other networks, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes Player, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Warren Radio Visions on Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Deezer, and Podchaser. And please take time to read the pertinent articles by the Watchmen. They apply to this day and age we live in, and they're inspired, and so you can read them and pass them on to your friends. This week we feature Perilous Times, Right Side of God and History. Perilous Times means survival can be at any cost. In America, the good times, free lifestyle, and no such thing as sin clouds the understanding of many. Also, Enduring Hope, No Continuing City. Enduring Hope, we have no continuing city here. We are to seek one to come. It is the city of God where righteousness dwells. Yet living in America, it is true that many who live here have a hope in this nation. And tonight on our show, we're going to do Kingdom Shaking, Isaiah's Prophetic Book, Part 42. Kingdom shaking in today's episode, we deal with history and judgment. In this, we find the Levant or the Mediterranean and other well-known seaports affected. The area of prosperity, wealth, jobs, vocation, and a people that are busy come to an end. And now I welcome in the Watchmen. You're listening to Warren Radio on the WIBR Warren Radio Network. 
Don't forget to visit our websites at warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. And also follow us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, and join us on LinkedIn. I'm doing good. How are you doing? Good. Trying well, to here we are. This winter snowstorm we had. I know. I know. It's Thursday. We're in April. April Fools was yesterday. I forgot all about <laughs> April Fools Day until I seen the snow. <laughs> I I did get uh, there was one post I seen yesterday it was designated as being April Fools I think it was on our Instagram account but I, you know and I saw that at the end of the day I didn't even think about it all day long you know in the old <laughs> days you used to think about April Fools but with this uh, pandemic stuff you, you're not even there you know so oh, at know. any rate we got probably a foot of snow here and uh, by noon it had stopped Within an hour, the sun came up. By evening tonight, a lot has melted. We have a have a blue sky and sun, and that you know this thing came in yesterday, and it didn't do much all day, and it hit during the night. Between the night hours and early morning, we had gotten probably about well, pretty close to a foot, a little under, you know. Um, some of it wasn't as thick, but I mean, it was piled up. We had quite a bit of snow by the time it was over. So, uh, you know, oh, I was just going to say this time of year, it, it's not, it doesn't bother you, trouble you as much as it does in the middle of winter, because we know the next day the sun's going to come out and be in the fifties and it's all going to melt. That's right. So at any rate, we hope uh, and pray where you're at that you're doing fine. Of course, the word today is distance. Uh, You know, you got to keep your distance. But even at that, experts came out and uh, said that uh, you can catch the virus even if you are just talking to someone. So, uh, you know, them little germs, they like to jump from one person to another, apparently, and now yeah. they've got little planes to fly over to you and drop their <laughs> bombs, you know. Uh, so at any rate, there are a lot of people that are ready for this to be done. Howbeit, you know, I did see uh, the testimony of a young man that that had gotten uh, sick with coronavirus pretty bad, and uh, he was show on video. He was showing his happy face because he was better and he was thanking everybody for helping him. Uh, He he got, he he got pretty sick and uh, you know, young people, there's a lot of young people that are getting this stuff and uh, uh, there's a lot of interesting things that uh, we've been uh, discussing. And one of them uh, you hear a lot about the ventilators, but if you go on a ventilator uh, and the longer you're on it, the chances of you coming out of that uh, alive are are very very slim. Uh, so there's scary. the, yeah, it is very scary. So at any rate, uh, I'm going to go ahead and do this. I've got to cover a couple of things here before we do. Okay, I'll see you on the other side. Okay. 
I wanted to share with you folks, I'm not going to read it because these are 26 verses, but write this down, Psalm 136. You know, this is an interesting psalm, and one of the reasons I really um, I'm bringing this out is because it details in 26 verses the mercy of God. You see, mercy flows out of God's love, and out of mercy flows his grace. And in order to access grace, you know, of course, you have to have faith. Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. For those that come to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. You can't obtain his favor if you don't believe he exists to give you favor. I mean, that's just common sense. So these 26 verses detail the children of Israel and his mercy in 26 verses covering everything that God did for him. And the reason I want you to read it is because if God gave his mercy to Israel and they have a psalm, you need to read that psalm and then you need to have three verses that you write for yourself. What has God done for you? What has his mercy been shown to you? And then understand that in this pandemic, his mercy can be shown toward you. So understand this. You know, in the last verse, it says, Who giveth food to all flesh, for his mercy endures forever. And that's very true. He not only gives food, but he gives the sun to heat the day and the night. He gives the moon to shine at night. You know, he gives you grass to grow. He gives you uh, crops that'll grow. He gives you wild plants and herbs. He gives you a nation, and he gives you a world and a beautiful heavens. And you can, you know, the wicked curse him continually. And uh, yet God still allows them to breathe. Now, see, I call this, you know the goodness of God, that even towards the sinners, he's good to them. You see, we were all sinners at one time. And even when we become saved, so to speak, that's the terminology, but when you decide to follow him. In John 1, it says, he went to his own and his own received him not, but to as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God even to those who believe on his name. Now, you see, that belief is trust and rely on and cling to. It's more than just head knowledge belief. Yet the, the whole thing here is to receive him. John 3 says you have to be born again of the Spirit. Romans 3 through about 7 discusses the confession of sin before God. And 1 John chapter 1 relates that you have to walk in the light as he is in the light, and thus you have a fellowship, and through that fellowship, his blood cleanses you from all unrighteousness. Further in that chapter, it talks about the forgiveness of sins, that you can go to him and ask him for forgiveness. In the middle of a pandemic, know this, that this pandemic is worldwide. There are nations that do not have this, but your enemies, America, like radical Islam, 
And even China, it seems, rejoices over what's happened to America. That's what some of the news has even said. And they've even detailed some of the leanings about uh, Russia. But today, President Trump talked to his friends over in Saudi Arabia, who was going to call Putin and see if they couldn't arrange to reduce the oil output. So in order for the oil prices to go up in order to help the oil producers in America, because right now they need help. So you see this whole thing, especially with the figures in this country that was released, that the whole total bill of this is like $34 trillion. It's more than the national uh, GDP debt or whatever you want to call it of the United States. It's just amazing. And the amount of people that are unemployed and the amount of unemployment that has to be paid out. You see, we can't stay unemployed forever. And if something ain't done, and if it does get worse, you could see something worse than the Great Depression. But know this, there is a God in heaven, and his mercy endures forever. And you need to understand that he's a God that forgives. He gives you his mercy because he loves you. If you reject his mercy, then woe on you. If you reject his offer of forgiveness, that's your trouble. That's your problem, not God's. He has willingly provided for all men, all women, all children, everybody to be redeemed. But unfortunately, in the same John that has John 3.16 that everybody knows, it goes on to say that they won't come to the light because they love darkness more. There is darkness in America. There's darkness in the world. There are evil people, and there are evil people in our nation. There are people in this nation that want to harm you. And in all of this, you need to trust God. Just as God gave his mercy to Israel, he will give it to us. He already has through Christ Jesus on the cross. But today, you can take this and you can read this psalm and meditate on it, think on these things, and then put yourself in there in your relationship with your Father through Jesus Christ and walk in that light. Grab yourself and say, okay, I'm going to get in that light. And you get in there and you find the Lord and you walk in his light and then you claim his promises and you look for his mercy because this God who delivered Israel so many times is saying to you, come unto me, I have mercy for you. He gave you grace, and he gave you grace because of his mercy, which flowed out of his love. Behind it all is his love. That's called the love of the truth, and Paul talks about the love of the truth in Second Thessalonians 2. And in Second Thessalonians 2, Paul emphasizes that there will come a generation upon the world that rejects totally this love of God, this love that he had for all mankind. And he will send him a delusion, and that delusion is called the son of destruction. He is the one whom everybody will follow. Know this, God is making a call through this coronavirus pandemic. He's calling to your unsaved loved ones. He's calling to all those in Congress that find themselves divisive and hating one another. He's calling to those in the inner city. He's calling to those in their liberal cities. 
He's calling to those in the churches who were cold and lukewarm. He's calling to every man, woman, and child on this planet. He's calling to Muslims and Hindus. He's calling to this world because I got news for you. There comes a day when it will be too late. So today, as you're going through this pandemic, know that his mercy endures forever. There's 26 verses in Psalm 136 that tells you that. And Christ Jesus is a fulfillment of that mercy. Christ didn't come to destroy God's mercy. He came to to fulfill his mercy. So today, know the Lord. Put yourself next to him. Get in these verses, read them, and speak them aloud, and do it over and over until it sinks in. Think on these things and think on his mercy. The last verse, it says, Oh, give thanks unto the God of heaven, for his mercy endures forever. Thank our God and Father who gave us his only begotten Son, Yahshua, Jesus Christ our Lord, who died on the cross for our sins was dead and buried and resurrected from the dead, was seen alive by many infallible proofs, even 500 at once, left instructions for the church and ascended to the right hand of God, and he ascended in a cloud as the apostles watched. When he was out of sight, the two angels standing there saw the men of Galilee the apostles and all of them there standing there. And they said, this same Jesus, as you have seen him go, so come in like manner. He's coming again. That's the last word from heaven concerning Yahshua, Jesus Christ. And then he gave charge to the apostles to deliver us the word And that word and that gospel went out into all the world. You do not have to be hopeless or helpless. I want you to know also this God can heal. This God can deliver. I believe this. This God can deliver from coronavirus. He can raise from the dead. And I rebuke that unbelief in Jesus' name that says that the Lord will not deliver. Today, you repent for the Lord, you seek his face, and you look unto him. Father, we thank you for this short word. Bless your people, Lord. And I pray, God, for your healing mercies to go out to all those who hear this word and who are facing this pandemic. Father, protect them according to your word, which Yahshua prayed in John 17, where he said, Father, I pray that you would not take them out of the world, but keep them from the evil. Keep them, therefore, from this evil, the coronavirus and any other strains and any other illness and sickness. Father, keep them from all repercussions from this. Set their feet upon the solid rock of Jesus Christ and deliver them. And, Father, I pray according to that word as you commanded me, 
watch and pray always so that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that are going to come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. I therefore, Father, pray this, Luke 21, 34 through 36. These are the verses. This is just one part of that. And I watch and pray, Father, for all those who are hearing this word, who are listening to this Psalm 136 and what we're talking about I pray, Father, that they would be counted worthy to escape all these things that are going to come to pass and have come to pass in Jesus' name, that they would be counted worthy to escape this coronavirus and any and all related symptoms, that you would deliver them and set their feet upon the rock and deliver them and help them fill their heart with peace and faith, Lord, and in Jesus' name. We look unto you. You are the author and the finisher of our faith. And there is nothing that happens on the earth without your arm, without you knowing it, Lord. And this is the shaking of the nations. This is reminding men that they are mere mortals. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Jesus, for you are the fulfillment of the mercy of your Father and your mercy as well because you gave your own life for us. Blessed be the name of the Lord our God and Father and Jesus Christ our Lord, for his mercy endures forever. And let all those believe, and who believe, let them say, I believe and I receive this in Jesus' name. And in Jesus' name I bind you, Satan, and the powers of darkness from this prayer, from those who hear this, And I loose the bonds of this coronavirus. I rebuke it and bind it in Jesus' name. And I sever the cords that connect. And I command you to be gone from these households in Jesus' name. Father, let your mercy send forth thy warrior angels, Lord, and bring deliverance in Jesus' name. For the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. Thank you, O Lord, our God. For even the angels of heaven ministered unto our Lord on the mount that was witnessed by three. Thank you, Father. Now today we are in Isaiah prophetic book 42. And it's hard to believe how we're going through this. And we continue to see this. Now we're talking about Tyre. And the first verse we're going to be 23.5. As the report concerning Egypt, so shall they be sorely pained at the report of Tyre. You see, we've been discussing Tyre and on the Levant and the coast. And actually, it's the Phoenician coast, the Levant that runs up the side of Israel all the way up into Lebanon. It goes down a bit. And it's that whole coast uh, pretty much on there on uh, the Mediterranean. And, uh, of course, Tyre and Sidon, you know. The apostles went to those. The word of God made their made their uh, way into Tyre. But when judgment happens, folks, it's not pretty. When judgment happens, it is a reminder to you, as it was to Tyre, and this was a judgment. This was a judgment on a city that 
God was bringing down for what they had done. In verse uh, 6 of Isaiah 23, Pass ye over here, that's referring to the residents of Tyre, to Tarshish. Um, Now, Tarshish, many of the, you know, history, when we look at Tarshish, it had exported vast quantities of important metals to Phoenicia and Israel. And we really seen a lot of, uh, like the forests of Lebanon, the cedars, there was a lot of things that Solomon, when he was putting together this, he um, negotiated with a lot of the countries to get products and supplies to create, to build the temple. And this includes gold and all manner of precious metals and woods and cedars. And when the city, uh, now this is Tarshish, we're again in uh, verse 6 of this. When the, when the city was d- destroyed, the inhabitants would flee to its colony. And Tarshish was the principal colony. And it says, pass ye over here to Tarshish, howl ye inhabitants of the isle. And it's it's interesting when we look at all of this. When you think that one day everything was fine and they were working, they had commerce, they had their lives, they, you know, had their parties, their jobs. They'd go to the local pub if they wanted to. They would go, you know, uh, to get a bite to eat or buy food in the market, you know, and all of a sudden, Overnight, it's gone. You can look at America, you know, I mean, and in our state here, uh, there was, uh, I think, March 14th. I'm thinking here, March 14th and March 24th. When this thing really started hitting us here, and it came out in the news today, they were detailing On the one hand, they had very light unemployment. Then overnight, practically, within uh, about 10 days, everybody was unemployed, like they were nationwide. It just happened like overnight. Overnight, you know, your planes, you know, I mean, all your your travel, uh, everything was gutted. There's nothing. Israel, now when we look around, Israel is on total lockdown. And we have America pretty much on lockdown. A lot of states on lockdown. We have Italy that's been on lockdown. We have a lot of a lot of nations that are that are just that way, that are suffering. And it reminds the nations of men that they're just men, just women, just humans. That I mean, what else would we be, of course? But sometimes we we are so independent and we uh, fall away from the Lord. And things are going good. We forget about God. Well, this is a good way for you to have a wake-up call. If you were falling away from the Lord, I guarantee you when, when something threatens, people wake up. See, when you're living your life and you're going to your job and all of a sudden, for instance, you wake up with some kind of dread disease, that wakes you up. You begin to think about your family. You think about your life. 
you know, and, and as I look at it, life passes by. Now, Tarshish. That particular word has occurred uh, in the uh, Akkadian inscriptions of Esar Haddon. Of course, he was a, a king of uh, Assyria. And also on the Phoenician inscription of the Nora stone in Sardinia. Now, according to uh, when you're looking at the history and, uh, you know, the references on this, the precise location was never commonly known. And in antiquity, over time, it got lost and legends grew around it. And uh, its identity has been the subject of scholarly research and commentary for more than uh, 2,000 years. But the bottom line of it is, we know where Tyre is. uh, uh, And, of course, Tarshish was a principal colony. It's interesting when we look at this, how history obscures a lot of things. So does dirt. That's why archaeologists dig down in the earth. Isaiah 23, 7, is this your joyous city whose antiquity is of ancient days? Her own feet shall carry her afar to sojourn. And, you know, when you're going through, you know, first of all, when you are a prosperous port city like Tyre or Sidon or anyone you know, up and down the coast there. They weren't the only ones. Even down into Egypt, they also had uh, Crete out there. And, of course, on the other side, you you know, you could go up the coast of Turkey. You could uh, uh, go over to Greece. You can go um, uh, to Italy. You can go as far as Spain because that's where a lot of the stuff would come from. Uh, And so they all transversed in that whole thing. And so if you were a port city, uh, and you were well-placed like Tyra was. You had a lot of business. Uh, you had people with a lot of money. They had nice stuff. So in verse 7, it says, you're a joyous city. Why wouldn't they be joyous? Everything's going good. And, of course, they had their idols. You know, they all had their idols. And even in America, you know, while we talk about being a foundation of Christianity, America has idols. We have lots of idols today. And he won't. And you can't stop him. He is righteous. So when suddenly you have a city that's a port city whose antiquity, it goes back 2,300 years. Now, Josephus relates that Tyre was built 240 years before the temple was built by Solomon. Now, that's a long time ago. And all of a sudden, Tyre is no more. But see, when we talk about ancient cities being no more, you could say that about Jerusalem that was overrun. They lost Jerusalem, and they lost it to Babylon. Then Babylon fell because Persia took them over. And Cyrus commanded that the Jews go back and rebuild the temple. Put up the wall, rebuild the temple, go there and live. 
Now, Mystery Babylon is the other one we see, and it's going to be brought down. But that's in Revelation. That's yet to be totally for us to see it. But it, it, it is a place, although the spirit of Mystery Babylon is in the world today. And you could say easily that the spirit of Babylon, that filth, that cup, has already been drunk by all the nations. This includes the Muslim nations. There's no nation that isn't infected with this. God's judgment is going to be complete. And all of those radical Muslims who look for a time when Islam is going to rule, even if they were to succeed, God would bring them down. And there's many of them, that a uh, number of them I've read about anyway, who look at this as the judgment of their God upon the unbelievers. But in fact, they are the unbelievers. And when you look at some of these cities who are now, which are Muslim and are getting hit, the bottom line of it is you don't mess with God. Now, the prophet says that when we talk about Jerusalem, this is interesting, and we cover this in Isaiah 22, too. Um, Isaiah said that uh, they were joyous, given to pleasure, just as what we read about Tyre. Isaiah said, thou art full of stirs, clamor, shouting, noise, tumultuous, loud sound, a city, you know, a tumultuous city. They're happy. They're they're busy. There's a lot of commerce going on. A joyous one here. That means given to pleasure. As a matter of fact, Paul talks about the end days. Lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Thy slain men are not slain with the sword nor dead in battle. Now, we, we discussed all that. There's a reason for that. While this, when we look at it, you know, one day you're busy in Jerusalem, you're having a busy day at business, you do all your normal stuff, and the next second the city's surrounded and you're taken, you know. Tyre is there busy. And who's warning them? Verse 8 says, who has taken this counsel against Tyre? Now, of course, when you see judgment come, it, there's a tendency of man to look at it and say, well, this is man-caused. You know, it's something else. It's not God. And see, that's the way it is with the coronavirus uh, here in America. Nobody wants to say this is judgment on America. Not many. It's not in the news. See, because we look at ourselves as righteous people. You know, I mean, even the Democrats who tried to impeach Trump and cause trouble for him, they never gave him a break from the time, even before he even got to the White House, they were attacking him. I mean, they don't stop. They don't give him a break. So they think they're righteous in their wickedness the way they're going on. I mean, why can't we come together? Well, because they don't want it. 
But there's more than just political intrigue and division. There's a lot more things. When you truly look at America and you look at some of the worst places, you look at New York, for instance. It wasn't too long ago they passed one of the most obviously horrendous abortion laws that we have ever seen concerning abortion, late-term abortion, a baby born outside, you know, when he's outside the womb, they can kill him. Now, see, that's innocent blood when you kill these. And, of course, the women say it's their body and they're free to do it. Well, it's your body, but it's not your baby. That kid belongs to the Lord. And that's a gift to you. But that blood that you spill is innocent. And when you have that and agree to that to be killed, that creates blood guilt. And there's a curse on the blood. That's in the law. And, of course, people in the church today will say, well, we're not under the law. You better believe you're under the law. And the reason that you're under the law is because Christ is the one that fulfilled the law so that you would be saved. And when you reject Christ, you've rejected the part of the law that provided atonement for your sins. Do you think God's going to ignore that? Even Paul said the law is good to remind people of sin. What is wrong? Well, at any rate, to make a long story short, you can look around. Yeah, America has sins, but we're not the only one. You can get down into uh, Iran. You can get into Pakistan and India. You can find a lot of sins to go around when you're looking. But see, we do not want to blame anybody but men. See, we, it's easy to blame man. You know, when we have a judgment coming, not very many people want to say, well, this is the judgment of God. Maybe he's trying to tell us something. This judgment is worldwide. It's not just against America, folks. This isn't a national judgment. This is global. And many times the Lord, spoken by the prophets, talks about, I will gather the nations and judge them. Well, today, this is one of those. And you could say, well, what if he doesn't hit a nation? All nations will be affected one way or the other. And God is righteous in whatever he does. That's the way it is. But he's there to bring you mercy. So Isaiah says, who has taken this counsel against Tyre? Oh, it's just, you know, this king over here, it's his problem. He's the one doing it. How can we appease him? But see, you know, God called Cyrus, the king of Persia, his anointed. And he was going to use his anointed Cyrus to bring down Babylon to make a way for them to be able to return to Israel, to rebuild the temple, to live in Jerusalem and inhabit thereof. Who has taken this council against Tyre, the crowning city? whose merchants are princes, whose traffickers are the honorable of the earth. You can find related words when you read it about Mystery Babylon and Revelation 18. Because when you read through that destruction and everybody pulls afar off from the, you know, Mystery Babylon, 
they were weeping because they had grown wealthy through Mystery Babylon. And that's the way it is. You can trace this through biblical history, too. A lot of the big uh, powerful states, yeah, they were powerful and they would attack. But there's a lot of people that, man, they, they went there and they joined them and they could sell stuff to them. The Roman Empire conquered a lot of people. And they didn't have trouble with people who they conquered. They, they, they just It was just really simple. As long as you got along with what Rome wanted and you paid the taxes and everything else, um, you could do pretty much whatever you wanted to. You, you could get along real well. There was a lot of trade going on in the Roman Empire. But the crowning city for, for Tyre here, when we look at crowning city, It literally means the crown. You know, you can say the merchants are splendid, gorgeous, and magnificent like princes. You know, it is a crowning jewel. You know, it's one of the top. It's, it would be the example. I mean, everything's going good, and all of a sudden, it's brought down. Well, see, verse 9 then, which goes with that real closely, it says the Lord of hosts has purposed it to stain the pride of all glory and to bring into contempt all the honorable of the earth. Well, see, there's no doubt that no flesh will glory in the presence of the Lord. Now, you see, you have a major problem in the world because you have men and women and you have these leaders you can even have kings. You can have priests. They would be that way. Prophets could be that way. Even the Pope. Christians, unbelievers, leaders, presidents, generals, and more. All making up the human condition. But you see, the Lord of hosts is Lord over all agencies. And the word in verse 9 is the Lord of hosts. Every level, every every segment of society, everybody with any kind of authority and not authority, everybody is included. He is pur- purposed to stain the pride. Whatever men think is glory, it's going to be stained. Well, why would God do that? Because we're sinners. We're corrupt. The world is corrupt and is passing. Isaiah later, and we're going to cover this pretty soon, says the curse has devoured the earth. And a lot of the problems you see in the world today, the curse has devoured the earth. The same curse that began so long ago. You thought it was just because of sin. No, it it infected all of creation. And it's going to get so bad and men will get so wicked that the Lord, unless he comes, there will be no flesh left alive. The Lord is going to remake the heavens and the earth. He's going to heal the lands, remake them. Isaiah 23.10 says, Pass through thy land, O daughter of Tarshish. There is no more strength. Now that word strength is rendered girdle like a movable belt, you know, to pull in your waistline. In America, we'd be pulling in the waistline. But if you're going to go to war, you girdle, you you, you take this belt around the middle. It, it's like a girdle, and you just pull it tight, and you firm yourself for battle. 
because you don't want anything loose. You want to be able to fight and move. The consequence of the fall of Tyre, the the colonies, those who depended on her, who off you know were offshoots, achieved their independence. Now, if you go down, I'm trying to find a verse here. Pass through the land as a river, O daughter of Tarshish. There is no more strength. There comes a time when When we look at it, overflow thy land like the Nile, O daughter of Tarshish. No girdle restrains thee anymore. In other words, there was a restraint there. It's just like in the Nile, it does flood at times, but other times it's held within its banks. And so... Because Tyre's been destroyed, there's nothing holding it back. It just, when you look at the Roman Empire, when it fell, there was nothing else to restrain everybody who had been ruled by it any longer. There comes a time when things like that fall. The Roman Empire fell. Egypt, who withstrained the children of Israel for so long, couldn't restrain them any longer because of the power of the Lord. The colonies of Tyre no longer needed to wait in the harbor for the ships of the mother city, no longer to dig in the mines as their tributaries for silver and other metals. Because when you are a colony, you have to pay tribute to the one who pretty much set you up or conquered you. That's from Kylan DeLeash. Isaiah 23.11 says he stretched out his hand, referring to Yahweh or Jehovah, over the sea. These are all the cities along that Levant, over along the sea coast, the Mediterranean there, and the coast of Israel. He shook the kingdoms. The Lord has given a commandment against the merchant city to destroy the strongholds thereof. Oh, man, this is so common. When you talk about out-and-out judgment. You know, the economy in America was doing great. The Democrats still hated him. There was a great division. Hollywood, the vitriol was demonic. Just absolutely at the pit, fever pit of idiocy. 
but because they're former movie stars and whatever, they expected you to believe them. And then, of course, there were those who said it would even be worth it if America suddenly had a depression or something really bad, and even if people died in in order to get rid of Trump. Now, that was a literal talk show host. But yet, when reminded that people would die if that happened, he said simply, it would be worth it. Nevertheless, I'm sure there are people that hate Trump enough to say, well, yeah, it'd be worth it just to get rid of him. But see, I got news for you. Trump didn't do this. No leader of any nation did this. Yes, it started in China. Now, see, I could give you some truth here if you can listen. Just like we were talking about why did it hit New York so hard, we can look at the laws they made. The politicians went ahead and made laws like the late-term abortion. Well, we look at China. Many say that's where it began. But where it began was when China decided that the communist government was greater than God. And they started destroying the church as much as they could. They destroyed every church they could find. I don't even know if there's any left. I'm I'm sure there are, but we've been covering this for a lot of years, and... uh, One of the largest was Wang Yi's church, and they destroyed that. He's in prison along with one of his people, his elders. You see, whenever you as a government, even communists, put yourself above God, he can send you a reminder, a reminder, a reminder Of course, the people that don't want to believe this will say, oh, you're nuts. You know, I tell you, it's not up to me to twist your arm. You can believe. You cannot believe. That's your choice. You've got a choice in Revelation 22. He that is wicked, let him be wicked still. And then there's those who want to be righteous. Let them be righteous righteous still. You'll find that in uh, Revelation 22. If you're wicked, go ahead and be wicked, the Lord says. If you're righteous and you want to be holy and righteous, go ahead and do that. Because I come quickly, he says later. My reward is with me to give to every man according as his work shall be. And that also means women. Every person, every human. So you can definitely say, whether you agree with anything, that the nations on earth today are being shaken. Did Trump shake them? 
well, he may be good, but he ain't that good. He doesn't want to shake the nations. He just wants to make America great again. Did the Chinese do it? No, they were too busy persecuting the church. Did ISIS do it? No, ISIS, no. They like to kill innocent people and people that don't have guns and people that really would rather pray for them. So they end up dying. Not all the time. Sometimes God intervenes and brings them deliverance. But see, Isaiah 14, 6, this is what it says there. They that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee, saying, Is this the man that made the earth to tremble, that did shake the kingdoms? Now, that particular uh, verse is part of a section that we attribute to the devil, Satan, Lucifer, even uh, the son of perdition, the beast, the Antichrist, whatever you want to call him in the end times. But there is going to come a day, that one that I was telling you earlier about, that when he comes to power... He's going to shake the kingdoms, and he's going to shake the kingdoms because God is allowing him to shake the kingdoms. In Haggai 2.7, he says, I will shake all nations, and the desire of all nations shall come, and I'll fill this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. Now, see, there is going to be a house full of glory, and there is going to be a temple on the mount in, in Israel. And the greater son of David, Yahshua, Jesus Christ, is going to rule and reign there for a thousand years. God will literally shake the nations. He will gather them before that time. Hebrews twelve twenty-five through 29, it says, See that you refuse not him that speaketh. Now, to me, he's speaking to America right now. See, we should have known better. But we don't. For if they escape not who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall we shall not we escape, if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth, that now he is promising, once more I shake not the earth but only, but also the heaven. And this word yet once more signifying the removing of those things that are shaken as of things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace, whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. Now, that speaks of judgment. God is going to shake the nations so that those things which cannot be shaken and those things which cannot be shaken are in Christ. The nations are going to be moved. The people are going to be moved. The earth is going to wobble. The heavens are going to be shaken. But those who are founded in Christ Jesus will not be shaken. Live or die, they are the Lord's. If you continue in him. Now, see, we've been talking about Isaiah. And how that judgment on Tyre shook that whole coast and whole region. And the lesson from Isaiah is simply, there is a God. And he will shake. And when he shakes, everything shall be shaken. 
Father, we thank you for your word. We ask, Father, that you would bless those who hear this word. Minister to them, Lord, and make a way for them. Help them, Lord God, to understand in Jesus' name. And in Jesus' name, I bind you, Satan, in the powers of darkness from the preaching, teaching, streaming, and receiving of this word. Amen. Okay, Tower. So we are on a Thursday night here. Are you back? What are you doing? I am. Oh, I'm here. I just had to move some stuff. So, yeah, that's good. I I don't want to be on the wrong side of the shaking, I'll tell you. Neither do I. That's for sure and for certain. Yeah. Well, folks, we've got to get going out of here. Okay. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us wherever you do, wherever you're at, and whenever you do. We appreciate we. I can't even talk tonight. We appreciate you. We love you. Stay safe and be very careful in all that you do. And look to the Lord in these times, and he will keep you. He will keep your mind. Good night, everybody. Folks, visit Warren-USA, DanaGlynnSmith.com. Read the articles, listen to the shows. We're on a lot of different avenues where you can hear them. Good night, everybody. Shalom. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio.